Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come before you and hear what you have to say to us, Lord. We love you. And, of course, we love your word. We love everything that you have ordained for us to partake of. Your word heals us, strengthens us, gives us life, uh, gives us eternal life, a life we've never had before. So we thank you for that, and we honor you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So last week we were talking about your seed, um, your um, uh, sowing seeds of faith and doing things all your activities, seeing that as seed. And once you start understanding what you're doing, you'll stay in faith more. You'll have fewer times where you wonder what God's doing or you wonder how long it's taking or wonder when you're going to get it, wonder this, wonder that. Uh, keeping your faith alive takes the wondering out of your life. Amen? It really does. And that's one way to keep your faith alive. And, and I believe we should employ that method because if we see what we do as a seed, we'll be more encouraged in the doing of things. Uh, we won't um, look with dread on, oh, what do I have to do now? And what did I miss doing? And how am I going to get this? And how am I going to get that? Look at everything that you do as a seed because it is. Amen. It really is. Many times we, you, you ever been in one of those situations, something good happens, you know it's God, and you try, now what did I do to, for this day? You know, you're like in wonder wonderland. And it's because of not understanding all of our activities are seeds. You either sow in one kingdom or another. You either sow to light or you sow to darkness. You sow to God or you sow to the world or to the devil, to the flesh, whatever it is. But you want all of your seed to count toward your good. So it's always good to have in your your memory and in, in, in your plans, things that you are doing that show God your faith. You've got to, things that you do, things you read in the word that you know that he blesses. Just, you know, the Bible says observe and do. Listen to the word, hear the word, and do the word. Not just let it sit out there. And I think one of the reasons oftentimes the church as a whole is so low on faith is because we're not doers that much of the word. We hear it and it sounds good and, and we don't make plans to do, uh, you know, like my little story about, um, giving out bottles of cold water or giving out water. I keep a refrigerator in the garage. You know, most, uh, you know, people in the world call it a keg refrigerator. Well, mine is a blessing refrigerator. Ain't nobody getting drunk up in my house, and I mean it. Devil, in the name of Jesus, stop you right there. Amen. So it's not a kegerator. Seeing all this stuff. It's a blessing orator. Amen. So I keep it full of beverages. Mostly sugar-free, keep me honest, you know what I'm saying. I mean, if you want, you don't like sugar-free, we got water for you, but anyway. But, uh, I always, every time I leave the house, I say, God, show me who this is for. Take two cold bottles of water, put them in my car, and, uh, hope you not, you're not sorry you rolled your window down. <laughs> Some of these people on the street be all the way live. It's like, I said, stand back 10 feet and let me toss it to you. 
Hey! Amen. Three points. You know what I'm saying. But, but, you know, there's fear, trepidation, you know, I mean, it, it, there's always going to be something to fight you on being blessed by God. Trust me. To fight you to be obedient, fight you to, to whatever it is that you're doing, there's resistance to the kingdom being established. And so the enemy does not want us to do things that, that look good to, in God's eyes, you know, or make God look good through one of his children. He doesn't want us to do that. And so he will fight us tooth and nail about these things. So, you know, for instance, if you think about you want to you want to pray for the sick and you know, God lead me to somebody and you know, somebody needs prayer, I'll, I'll just show me who it is and I'll pray for them. And then you go in the supermarket and everybody look rough to you and you say, "Oh, wait a minute now. What, what, what? I take that prayer back. I do that when I get around some saints, you know what I'm saying? And the saints look rough to you half the time. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's never, in other words, never going to be a good time to sow seed. Amen. It's never, conditions are never going to be excellent if you're going to sow for God. You're going to have to cross a hurdle. You're going to have to not be offended. You know, he's, I'm doing this as unto the Lord and God, you show me, oh, I missed it. I thought that person wanted prayer, but, but I was wrong. Where's, where is that person? Show me the next person. And, and we have to live like that and continue to sow seed because it's so important for us, number one, to keep your faith alive. And number two, to show God you're serious about the things you prayed for. You, you really want them to come to pass. So Lord, I'm doing everything I can toward that. You know, you're, you're on a mission. You're working on something. Amen. Your faith is taking you somewhere. Amen. I remember that book, uh, Bishop Merritt, uh, in Detroit. Yeah. He wrote that book. My faith has taken me somewhere. That little book was so exciting when I got to the end of it. And usually I read a book until I say, well, that's the end of that little thought, you know, put it because it gets a little, you know, little filler in there and you want to skip the filler. But I read that thing all the way through and was looking for another page in there. I said, that was just an exciting little journey to go on. And he talked about how he built that church in Detroit and, and the things that, and especially his relationship with God in the building process. And that's something uh, many times people don't share enough, I think, uh, how they relate to God, how they uh, talk to God and the things God instructed them to do and, and that that's the nitty gritty of the faith you know it's not steps and formulas it's relationship and so many times that you know it you will miss the the main uh, meal you know just by eating the the snacks you know so it's just good to get into the main and the meat of things uh, so that we can can do more in God so in uh, James chapter 2 if you'll go there this is one of our scriptures Two in verse, start in verse 14. It says, what does it profit? And this is what you've got to keep in mind. You want all your activities to be profitable. 
Amen. You want to, to gain from what you do. You want it to count toward what your, toward your, what your main purpose is. It says, what does it profit my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and hath not works, can faith save him? If you never confess Christ, you will never be saved. Now I've run into people that that are like that. You know, there are lots of churches where they just bring people in and, and herd them in. You sit, you never hear the quote unquote gospel. You never, and they talk about Jesus. They know all the stories and they know they can tell you stuff about the Lord. Like your average Muslim. I know more about Jesus than you do. I said, no, you don't. I said, cause he lives in me and they look at you like stunned, you know, I'm not, not going to know somebody. They living inside of me. Huh? So anyway, you, you, you can know about and dance all around the subject and never receive Christ. That's an act, an action that everybody must do. You got to confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart and ask him to come into your heart and be your savior. And there's so many religions that, that have a knowledge of God and knowledge of Christ and don't you know, like they say, ask for the business, you know, uh, the, you know, what do they say? Close the deal. We got to be good closers, you know, when you, when you know God and you've got to know when people don't really know him and understand him. I asked somebody, uh, uh, not too long ago, if they'd ever prayed and asked Jesus into their heart and they said no. And then I later found out that this person used to bring their Bible to their job and talk the Bible with a lot of people. So you gotta check folks. Gotta check. You gotta check in. Make sure. So that confession is what gets you in. What you believe in your heart and what you confess with your mouth is what gets you in. And many, many people are robbed, I think, of salvation because they're in churches and they've never uh, preached the gospel recently. You know, we call them frozen chosen or whatever, dead denominations. They used to be on fire for God and, and the fire's gone out. And so those who are on fire have to come and light the fuse for them, you know, and, and get them saved. So if you say you have faith and have not works, can faith save him? With no works and other no confession of your mouth, it will not save you. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to them, Oh, go in peace, be warm, be filled, bless them, and don't do anything. You know they're cold, you not you don't invite them to your house. You know they don't have warm clothes or have enough for their children to eat. You don't feed them. That's not doing them any good, Christian. So James is saying here, you've got to take care of people. You know, he was with Jesus when they fed the multitudes. And it's like, hey, my brother wouldn't let people go hungry for a day. You know what I'm saying? They had followed him. He fed them the word and he fed them in the natural. What good would he, you shoot your witness when you don't follow through on the right thing, when you know you have the power to do the right thing. Now it's something different if, if you, you, you 
don't have it. And you can tell people, well, let's pray because I know God's got something for you. He wants to take care of this for you. Amen. And then sometimes it may not be for you to do certain things for people. You know, that's true. You know, you pray for people. But but knowing the need and having the ability to fulfill the need, that's your faith isn't doing anything. Amen. It's not helping. And he says, <clears throat> even so, faith. If it has not works, is dead being alone. Yeah, a man will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. So faith with works is stronger than faith alone. Just saying you believe. If, if faith does not get help, and this is what we, you know, we've been pumped faith as faith as if it's faith, it's faith, faith, faith. But you know, faith is pretty weak without the rest of it. It works by love, so you can't put it to work without, you know, a right heart. Number one, add to your faith a whole list of things. And then faith without works is dead. You gotta revive it with your works. Amen? And so this is why we want to keep our works our faith working, as we say, keep it working. Uh, keep keep your hands in something. Keep your mouth in something. Keep your activities dedicated to the things of God, and then that way you're banking up favor. You're banking up blessing. You're banking up more faith because then your faith gets stronger by the fact that you're putting it to work. Amen. You're not working on nothing. You're working towards something. And so when you begin to start acting out your faith, then then your faith will come alive. So faith without works is dead. James said over here in the first chapter to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Amen. And this this is something we see often in church uh church settings. Amen. It says, uh, let me see, where is this? There we go. In uh, James 1, starting in 19, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to, yeah. Well, everybody's got something smart to say on the tip of their tongue. This is for you. <laughs> Amen. Because we all been there. Some of us are better, better at self-control than others. Some you learn self-control because a lot of people pop you in the mouth with, you know, my mother would do that. You say something flip, boy, you did that. You made that mistake one time. And it's, you were counting stars. I mean, she let you have it real quick. Amen. And you learned. Amen. She did it because she loved us. See, we live in a a new millennial mindset. Everything is abuse except what they do to you. You ever notice that? People always crying offense, and then they want to go picket and block the street, and you can't get to work. But it's okay for them to do that because you offended them. See, there's the devil is full of hell, and his people full of hell. So they they can't offer us any kind of advice on how to treat anybody. Amen. The church is the expert on that. So so we're supposed to witness good treatment from from God's people. But he says here, be slow to speak and slow to get angry. 
The more you talk, the angrier you get. You ever notice that? You start sowing that seed out there and see if it don't fuel you up. Amen. So this is good advice. He says, for the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. In other words, you ain't righteously angry at nobody cussing at him. Can always go to the why they love me over there and my seven offerings. But he says here, the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God, so let it alone. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness, and receive the meekness, with meekness, the humble yourself in the presence of God's word. And just sit back and receive the word, and it's able to save your soul. But also be doers of the word, not just hearers only, deceiving yourself. You'll find more deceived people sitting up in churches because they don't do the word. Got me? That's where a lot of your cult people come from, out of the scriptures. They get the scriptures, want to talk about it all the time, want to tell somebody how to live, and they never operate in that truth themselves. So they're deceived. If you think you're going to be blessed just by hearing the word and not ever getting up and obeying the word, you're on the wrong page. That word is for you to get up and motivate you. That ain't for somebody you got a, a an argument with. Remember we were new Christians going to word and find out somebody said something to us we didn't like. We going to find out what God said about them. And he, he showed you you every time you went in there. You quit looking for other people when you went into words. You started looking for you because he's talking to you. He can't talk to them people through you. So he says, if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man holding his natural face in a glass. And while he's looking in it, he looks good. When he walks away, he forgot what he looked like. Amen. So be a doer of the word. Get up and do some of what you see in that word. Amen. If the word tells you to go bless somebody, speak kindly to somebody, encourage somebody. You know, a smile is very inexpensive. You don't have to go in your pocket to get that. I hope. Huh? (laughs) Praise God. It made me think about Pastor Shirley and I find cute little kids on the Instagram or somewhere and send them to each other. Our little girl, the one we like now, someone we don't like too much, but, you know, little bratty kids, but... This one put on her on lipstick. She can't even say lipstick. 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 And so she got it smeared all over. So her daddy is talking to her. And she said, who told you to put that? I told myself. I mean, she good, y'all. She got him down pat. And then he finally said, well, where'd you get it from? She said, my lipstick. Like, she don't know what he's talking about. Over and over, she keeps asking him. He said, oh, I got a Home Depot. So the video was over then. He shut the video down, honey. My girl took care of it, told herself to put it on. She bought it herself. So praise God. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but uh, faith without works is dead. Amen. You're looking in the mirror. You forget what you look like if you don't do the word. You're supposed to take the image of God with you. 
Amen. Take that image with you and act it out. Start doing the things that you know God would do in those situations. What he would have you do. You're going to have to step out of yourself. It takes faith. Faith is confidence and boldness to do the thing that you fear to do. To do the thing that you hate to do. To do the thing that's maybe unpleasant for you to do. But it's obedience to God that you're looking for. You're not looking. You've been in a comfort zone all your life. You, you need to be sick of the comfort zone. Amen. And come out of, into the world of adventure and doing something different and, and having a new experience and, and having and pleasing God. This is, this is what it's all about. Amen. And so we're, we're, um, good at, at reading and listening and then leave that scripture right there. The least you can do is begin to meditate on it. Hear the scripture. Sometimes we, I know I've done it too. I gotta read my word and you read it dutifully instead of opening up your heart humbly to hear it, you know, doing your duty. There's no humility there. You're not gonna get much there. So you might as well take time and say, Lord, I'm not gonna rush and get my little chapter done or my three chapters. And boy, you do four and you really on cloud nine. You go bragging to people then, you know? And so we have to be careful to realize what's transpiring when we read the word. Number one, the life of God is coming inside of you. Every time you listen to that word, his life is coming towards you. His life is trying to affect you. His life is getting inside of you. His life is bringing health to you and healing and wholeness and soundness in every area of your being. So that word is transforming you by listening, by reading. I mean, it, it, you know, like Naaman's servants told him, if he had asked you to do something hard, <laughs> you jump at that. Amen. Cause you feel like you doing something. But God says, just chill. Let me do this. Just open up the scripture and let me read you something that's going to impact your life in such a great way. It's going to transform you. It's going to make you a new creature over and over and over again. Amen? Everything's fresh and new every time you get in that word. It's like you never saw it before. Even if your mind wants to go numb a little bit because you read it and you want to skim through this and skim through that, finally when you focus on it, something will grab your attention and give you a new revelation or give you a new uh and a revelation can just be that sense of peace that you get you know that this was for me this is interesting this is holding my attention this time amen god's got something in this for me and so when you when you go into the word like that and you're looking for god to build you up encourage you whatever don't ever do it just because you promised to do it or because you should do it you should but you should get something out of it (laughs) you should go go into it with a different attitude this time and allow god to make some changes inside of you with his word so we we understand from this that faith uh uh thank you lord faith needs helpers we said that already man faith needs helpers what what we see we often are instructed to do in the word is number 1 to hear 
to say, to do, and to receive. Amen. So, so those are, are things that allowing your faith to move inside of you will prompt you to do. That word itself will remind you that I'm active here. I want you to uh, move on me. I want you to say me. I want you to meditate on me. I want you to repeat me over and over and over again. Hide me in your heart. Uh, let this word not get away from you because you're going to need it. Amen. So the word itself carries the power to instruct the hearer what to do with it. See, you don't, you know, I mean, I'm grateful for people who have studied and, and, and understood and passed that knowledge and that learning on to us, but that word will teach you by itself. Man, the Bible says you have, you don't have need that any man teach you, the Holy Spirit. But, but when you hear another human speaking, that's the Holy Spirit instructing you how to do that. It's not that person. Amen. That's that, that word that they carry is part of the gift of God that he's put in them to, to feed his flock. And so, but when that word comes into you, it's going to say something to you maybe that's slightly different, that's got a different nuance to it, that hits you in a different way, different people people sitting right beside each other can gain separate things, different things from that word anyway. Amen. And so, um, when you, when you hear the word, it's very, very important to do something with it. Everybody that you see in the Bible that got healed, miracle, or anything like, they did something with the word that they heard. Amen. And many times they did something that, that broke tradition, that broke convention, that broke them out of a mindset that was keeping them sick or keeping them in prison. Amen. Um, let me go to John chapter 4. Let me do this real quick because I had this written down so there's a reason why I put it in here. Amen. Uh, this is the story about Jesus in that uh, um, official that he healed his son. And, and this tells you uh, what you need to do with the word once you hear it. It says here, in uh, John 4:43 now after 2 days he departed thence and went to Galilee for Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country and then when he was come into Galilee the Galileans received him having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast for they also had been to the feast so Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee where he had made the water wine and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee he went to him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death and then Jesus said to him except you see signs and wonders you will not believe and the nobleman repeated come down because my boy's going to die if you don't do what I in my mind have already envisioned you doing there's no hope for me got me see this is where we all are we already got something stuck in our mind how, how stuff is going to go. We already asked God to do it, but you got something stuck in your mind about how it's going to go. Well, that thing that's stuck in your mind is going to hinder your faith. See, because that's something natural that you made up. 
Amen. It came from your carnal imagination. We all have stuff inside of us. We think we know how stuff is going to go. Amen. Most of us, that's how you got married. You didn't think, women didn't think no more about the, uh, the dress, the white dress and the veil and showing all your peeps. You got your man. Amen. And the man didn't think, well, we ain't going to tell you what the man thought. We got children in here. But that's how far you both think when you think marriage. You don't think the week after, the day after. Children have to be fed, got to have shelter, all that kind of stuff. So, So God has to explode that little picture you have in your mind and bring you into real life. Amen. That's why we do counseling when we can with couples that want to get married. Of course, most of them don't want to. Huh? You know, most people are scared. They're scared you're going to try to talk them out of something. Well, they are. Everybody is. That's why people don't come up to the altar. Well, I know Pastor Barb. Now, she going to say, so I know. And she get a little rough sometimes. Yeah. And if I got a devil, everybody going to know. Well, we all know it anyway. We know each other's devil. So what's, I mean, what's the game? Amen. Well, see, that's how your carnal mind can trick you and te- talk you out of the things of God. It just can. So God has to blow that out your head before you can get anything from him. Did you know that? Some people sit up, I wonder why it's taking so long. Because he got to blow that out of your head. Just wondering. Well, I didn't know. I didn't mean like wondering like that wondering. I, no, no, no. You already nailed yourself. That came out of your mouth. You already said what you was doing. And you said unbelief. So just stop it. Amen. Get back over in faith. That's all. And give them a little word and encourage. And they just so happy. They ain't wondering no more. You see how that works? It's a miracle. Miracle what it does in us to change the way we look at stuff and the way we think. Amen. That's why it's so important to keep your faith active by doing works of, 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 uh, faith. You know, putting some action to your faith every time you can. Because it's gonna go dormant on you. You know, you, you get still and you let your mind wander and get over into lack and what you don't have and what you're waiting on and what you wish you had, what somebody else got that's better than yours. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> By the end of the conversation, you're about an inch tall with no hope. Huh? Come on, y'all. So, so we've got to put our faith in operation, see. Now, Jesus knows some stuff already. This is why he directs us the way he directs us. Amen. He knows some stuff about this man's situation. He knows, number one, he knows this man has the ability to believe without seeing. Everybody has that. Because he's already doing it a little bit. See, he's believing his boy will get well. So right now, if he looked at his boy, he'd see a sick boy. Part of the, 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 uh, help that he's getting is that he's not at his bedside. Ow! What do you mean, Pastor Barb? As long as you're looking at something, 
scripture really Jesus said, well, this dude is halfway there. He made it away from the bedside. You know how many parents would do that if their child were really dying? Come on now, y'all. All the good parents are sitting there hand-holding and letting all the condolences come pouring in already. Come on, y'all. The faith person looks crazy to everybody else. Oh, she gonna go in the church now? What? What? She? Her baby died. She can't leave. And she can't go in there. You can't leave now. What you leaving your child for? To go get some help? Cause y'all ain't helping me up in here. And don't do what Jesus did. Put everybody out. You be the talk of the. Oh Lord. And they already lining up the funeral arrangements already and you to put people out of the room. We just want to be with you. No, 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 no. You ain't going to never get with me. Not like that. You ain't. Huh? I'm on a different road. She getting better. Well. Huh? Let them laugh at you then throw them out. Amen. If you don't move them to ridicule, your faith isn't working. Let me just, let me see, what do I have? Oh, eeny, meeny. Bubbly is close, I guess. (laughs) No champagne, huh? No, gotta do this sober. Gotta do this sober, Barb. Okay, here we go. So here this guy, uh, he's done something that helped his faith already. Came to Jesus. See, he came to where the master was. Whenever you leave the evil report and you come to where God is, you have helped yourself. Got me? Wherever God tells you to retreat to so that you could hear him and him alone, that's what you do. Amen. That's what you do. And so Jesus rebukes this man. He corrects his unbelief. That's what this is. He wants to see something before he believes. In other words, Jesus, I'm dumping this all on you. You got to come. You got to pray for me. You got to do everything. I don't have to do nothing but watch you work. Well, that ain't quite true, brother, because he needs your faith in order to get your son healed. And you got faith that you could, you just not using it the right way. See, this is the, the issue with, with most believers waiting forever or not getting what they want or not living in hope the right way and assurance and living in the faith that it will happen. You got me? It, it, this is the problem that we disengage our faith in such a way that it never gets activated and get strong enough for us to be able to say we are using your faith and your faith and your faith alone is what's doing the job, see? And and I can tell you, when you do get in that zone where you know your faith is active, you're very content. You're not worried. You're not wondering about time. You're not wondering when. You're not... You're not any of that stuff. And so God wants you to get to that place 
where you have confidence in him, you know he's working, where your faith is engaged in a way that he has something to work on, he has something to come for. And that's really what you want. You don't want... Uh, you know, I call it janky faith. I don't know if I should use that word or not. It's not in the Bible, but y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? You yank it all over the place. It's up here one day, down here the next day. It's all over the place. So, so you don't want that. You want your faith to stay firmly planted in God's word. And when you have faith in him, you expect it to happen. You're not sitting up wondering. You're expecting. You know it's going to happen. And and if you have to talk to yourself most of the time and convince yourself, that's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's who you need to be concerned about. Amen? We always concerned about, well, the saints, you know, the saints, I'm going to get healed so God can show them. He ain't going to show them nothing through you. With that attitude, because it ain't going to come with that attitude. You're just trying to get even with people. Your faith is not for show. Your faith is for you. Your healing is not to show nobody nothing. Your healing is to make you well. See, we can get side journeyed all along the journey and think it's about something other than what we... When you first prayed, what did you want? You wanted your body well. You want them symptoms gone. Well, that's where you stay. Don't get off on another road about letting somebody see or being a testimony. Listen, we got uh, 66 books of testimony. When yours comes through, we will gladly add it to the pile. But nobody's waiting on nothing to happen to you so we can get happy. Or we can be built up or we can know something. We're trying to get our own stuff. Amen. So he corrects this man. He said, except, except the fact that you see something you won't believe. Now Thomas got in trouble for the same thing. So did Martha. Amen. Well, I know my brother would be, she just kept repeating the religious phrases. God don't want to hear that. He wants to hear your heart. Do you believe or don't you? Well, Jesus, it's just hard for me to believe. He'd been stinking for three days. Well, well, Martha, if you just hold on. You understand? But she ended the conversation. She wanted to have the last word. Religion always likes the last word. That's why religious people will argue you down. You can end a conversation, walk away from the next time they see you, they want to pick it right back up again. Follow you all over everywhere. You got me? Listen, I've had people do that to me. They come and, and I'll preach something and I know they don't receive it and they want to, uh, can I ask you a question? No. Huh? You know, just questions always, you know, kind of like, mm, no. Mm, no. No. Because they don't really have a question. Because I always tell people, if you pay attention during the preaching, all your questions get answered. See, you come away full instead. See, what happened to you was something something didn't add up with your little theology, your little rhetoric, your little religion inside. And instead of continuing to listen until God cleared that up, you held on to that. Till the end of the sermon, now you want to jump to preacher. Well, I ain't jumpable. Amen. (laughs) 
You understand what I'm saying? People just, I mean, come on, y'all. What do you think we're doing this for? For you to sit up there and have 10 questions and let me get her so she can answer these for me. No, we're not going to get into a, a stupidity intelligence contest. Because you want to argue the word of God and the revelation of God, that's pretty pretty slow. You understand what I'm saying? We don't go there anymore. You just hope you can hold on to what you just heard till you get out the door. You got me? The devil is sitting right there to steal it from you. Right on your shoulder. Tapping you. They ask you this when she don't, she ain't gonna know this answer because you know a lot of stuff. Stupid devil. You don't want to go where he goes. You got me? Amen. You don't want to live in his camp. So when Jesus tells him, except you see what signs and wonders, you will not believe. Now, the way Jesus phrases things, he does that that way for a reason. Amen. I call it provoking. Because questions often are provocative in that they entice you to think about what he really just said. Because a lot of times when people talk to you, they already got something in mind they're thinking. They already got something they want to say or they think or they believe, and they hold on to that. So if you provoke them, you catch them off guard, and it disables whatever it is they were thinking and forces them to think outside the box. For instance, if somebody came up to the altar and I called him a dog, oh, not what you're expecting. Huh? Nice preacher, they don't put in the offering if you insult them. But Jesus did it. Huh? Now, I'm not saying I do that. I've never done that. You know, if I had to, I would to help people. You're not saying it to insult people, necessarily. But but thank God the insult was not the end of the conversation. He didn't insult her and keep walking. Amen. He was going to stay until she gave an answer, because he knew one was coming. Amen. And if it weren't coming, he would not have said that. Or she'd be in another insulted Gentile. And have and something to accuse the Jewish leaders of, like they always did. Jesus comes to break cycles in our lives. Whenever you have to use your faith for something, it's going to break a cycle in your life that has been either keeping you sick, keeping you broke, keeping you from, from praying for people and, and preaching and sharing Christ with people. It's going gonna, it's gonna to break up something. Some fallow ground that you've been holding, some idea you've had in your head about how things are supposed to go, and you haven't gotten what you need from God yet, so you might as well let him blow that up. Amen? You might as well. Let's just have a party, and if it's something you really love, we'll we'll have a funeral for it, a nice Christian funeral for it. You know, put it in a coffin, you know, goodbye old idea, goodbye religion. Goodbye, you know, what my mother told me and what granny told me. Because it'll shock you, the people that are living off of that. They don't know the Bible, don't know God. They just live and they think they're cool because grandma said it. And that impressed somebody once when they said it, so they hang on to it. 
Amen? So God has to come through. If you're going to live by faith, you're going to have a lot of little explosions in your brain. Amen? That will upset you for a minute. But if you just let the dust settle and, you know, the fragments, if any fragments left, he'll give them back to you. But mostly it's stuff that you can't use and it's not helpful to you. And so this Jesus has got to shake this guy out of depending on seeing something, you know, because that's not faith. And Jesus needs his faith to be employed. Number one, that boy's going to die. If that, that man will never get back there with Jesus in time, if somebody besides Jesus don't believe, that boy's not going to make it. That, that miracle has to come to that house. Wherever the delivery is being made, faith has to be involved for you to receive the package. You got me? Uh, it just, it's just true. God can't deliver something to you. It has to reside in your heart first. So the faith for that has to be in your heart. It can't just be in your want tos. In your, in your emotions. Oh, he's gonna die. I need something quick. Come Jesus. Uh, uh, you must slow it down. Slow your roll, bro. Well, you're gonna have to get you in faith first. And he knows how to do it. So don't ever think, wow, that's so hard. Get in faith. No, it's just a matter of making a decision. I said it's just a See, this is where, this is where we have our difficulty many times, folks. Cause you, you say faith and people go, oh, the little bubble gets, you know, you see the balloon get deflated. Amen. And, 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 and so we want, we want something, but we don't want it legit. There's a part in us that still will take it cheap, fast, in a hurry, counterfeit, Whatever. You know, every time you see that scroll past that thing, that little ad on, on Facebook, when you're on Facebook that has the, the Gucci bag for $150, just keep strolling cause that ain't Gucci. He don't sell like that. I don't care if it, they say slightly worn, gently worn. I don't care how gentle they was. They don't sell that for $150. Not a real one. And them you see in the Goodwill ain't real either. Not in the neighborhood Goodwill. <laughs> uh, are you seriously though? So everything's got to be paid for, folks. Amen? It's just got to be paid for. So praise God. So he says here, Except this, this is a provocative way of putting this. See, he's, he's like provoking him. Well, except you see signs and what, if you don't see me do something, you won't believe me. And he, this guy like, really? That's what you think of me? Hello? He provoking. 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 Jesus could say, well, I would do it that way, but I want to get you into faith instead. That won't happen. If that would have worked, he would have said it like that. But that's what he has in his heart. You know, most people don't think you're serious if you make things too pleasant sounding for them. They're not challenged enough. Huh? 
like um, some girl. I forget that movie. I, I always say I shouldn't tell y'all I watched that, but I watched it anyway. Uh, you don't quit me. I quit you. You understand what I'm saying? They just got to be in control of everything all the time. You know, somebody will try to stay in a relationship with somebody just because they want to leave first instead of you leaving me. See, people just want to have things their way. So you can't give people things their way. You've got to challenge them to come out of that mindset, challenge them to come out of religion, challenge them to come out of comfort zone. And get over into the zone where they can, where their spirit is free to hear from God and obey God. Amen. And so Jesus delivers this man from his own trap of unbelief and living by sight and not by faith. So Jesus is introducing faith, the grace that works through faith, and he's got tons of followers. So he knows it works already. This is God's way, and it works every single time. It's not too hard for anybody. It's not too this for anybody. It's not too that for anybody. People think, you know, you tell them, well, well, why don't we do it this way and and expect God to, and it's just kind of like, oh, 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 you put their little brain in shock, huh? You know why we do it that way? Because we never done it that way before. You think everything's a big deal because you've never, never experienced it before. Except for drinking, smoking, and token. We jump on that kind of stuff. I know you don't do that, Miss Vicky. You never have. But can you witness to me that that's, that's pretty much true for most people? Mm-hmm. Right. All things illicit and fun. We jump on that. Don't know nothing about what we're getting into right away. But we jump on it. Why? Because it's been sold to us as something that we're going to like. Oh, life life of faith. Oh, 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 oh. Nobody sold that to us yet. Amen. But it really is the best life. You're going to have to work at it just like you work at everything else you want. Amen. God's not going to let you have anything cheap, but he's with you through it. He will help you with it, everything, and you will be successful. You can't say that about anything anybody else promises you, but God. Your faith will not fail. Didn't he tell Peter that? He said, I prayed for you. Don't you know what you have backing you up when you need something? Jesus is waiting for you to get in the game so he can back you up. Amen. He can't back you up if you're not in faith and you're not being obedient to him and doing what, you know, he told you to do. Whenever somebody suggests to us we got to make a change, it's like, oh, you know, we want to put on some more happy music. Huh? Let's play another uh, A and B selections, get them all revved up again, excited, and then hit them with the bad news. You got to believe God for it. Open your Bible, read it, believe what you read, and get up and do it. What could be easier? We do that all the time. Huh? And Jesus said to him, if you don't see, in other words, you got to see me do it before you believe. In other words, after I heal your boy, then you'll believe me. 
No, you're not. Amen? No, we're not. We're not going to see nothing first before we believe. Amen? We're going to believe first and then we will see. You got me? Because that's God's way. And we we can do it. Everybody can do it. He's not asking you something that's hard to do, you don't know how to do, and it's, I don't know the first thing to do. Oh me, oh my, I'm living by faith. Oh my, oh my, well, get out of the shock. Get out of shock mode and get over and hear your instruction. Because if he tells you to do something, he'll tell you how to do it and help you through it and coach you through it and pray for you through it. He don't care how long it takes. If you want to shorten it, ask him to shorten it for you. (laughs) Tell me, Lord, how I can ease up on this time factor. It seems to be killing me. (laughs) Amen? Well, that's the purpose of it. I'll say it again. The purpose of the time factor is to kill you. Kill your impatience. Kill your unbelief. Kill you, this ain't working. Kill you, I wish this wasn't this way. I'd be glad when something, it's gonna kill all that. Amen. So like this, uh, I asked a guy that does my lawn to, I said, I said, you know, I had a flower bed and needed to go cause I was having a deck put in and it needed to go fast. And he knew I knew it need. He said, oh, I'll, I'll take care of that for you. And a week went by and I ain't seen nobody pulling no weeds and you know what I'm saying? But I didn't say nothing. I held my peace. I had peace about it. And so when he did come by in, in, in what I thought digging out the bed, he shot that with something. It was dead and like it started dying right before your eyes. It was 24 hours. All that stuff was dead. I guess he said, lady, if I don't dig no more, huh? This is how we do it. Amen. So honey, that stuff died and what was left of it was ashes. He came and raked that out one day and let the, let the wind blow it, but that was all for digging out the, the, the bed. Then he, I have a greenhouse and he said, you want me to do that, uh, grass that's growing? I asked him, I said, could you cut that grass in there? He shot that with stuff. That stuff was dead in like a day. So all the problems are gone, folks. Everything's instant nowadays. Nobody's laboring hard for anything if they can help it. And God knows that's what, how you feel. You don't want to labor long in anything when you ask for something you want it then. Amen. And so, but he gives us his fruit of the spirit so that we can live like we have it already. The fruit of the spirit reminds you that you're not in poverty and you're not in lack. And you, if you're crazy enough to sit up and still worry after God's assured you of what he's going to do for you and you prayed and you believed and you received, you went through that little, you know, little nursery rhyme you go through. You know, most of the time we <laughs> believe nothing. He said, I believed it when I prayed. And then you go away and say, when did I pray? Did I? Did I really? Oh, yeah, okay, well, right now I'll do it, I'll do it. You haven't done that so many times. It's pathetic. We are Pathetic. But we working on it. And he loves us. And he's helping us. And he's inside of us to do us good. Amen.
Thank God God's not being held hostage by your unbelief. I don't know how he does it, but he lives comfortably in all of the saints. Amen. You know, the day you hear something banging to get out, we all in trouble. Okay. Praise God. So Jesus is trying to provoke him to say what he wants this man to say is, no, I don't. I don't need that. Huh? Now, see, if he was in the gang, he would say, what you mean? You talking to me? Talking to me, Jesus? Talking to me? See, this is the way your spirit man responds. The man of the flesh goes away somewhere and cries a million days. Because he knows he's not going to get his way today. Amen? So the man of the spirit now is is coming forth. He says, I can do this. You got me? That's what he says on the inside. This man says on the inside of him, I can do this. And until Jesus gets a witness within himself that this man has got it, he's not going to let him go. You got me? He's got to be assured that you have caught on, you know what's going on, and you can do it. Amen? Amen. So, So this is the author and the finisher of your faith. He finishes our faith. Oh, we're just getting started, folks. You know, seriously, most of us. It's all good wherever you are. We're not in a contest with anything. And he, Jesus, the nobleman, repeats it. He says, come down here unless my child die. And Jesus delivers the goods. See, this man was in unbelief until Jesus finishes his faith. Amen. Without the finisher on your faith, you don't go nowhere. See, this would have been an all-day conversation if Jesus had to. You got me? Don't feel bad if he keeps telling you, say, God, what's taking so long? And he don't say nothing. So, oh, yeah, right. Like you said before, you understand what I'm saying? Just go away silently and. Feel however you're going to feel, but he ain't going to tell you the same thing over and over again. That's for you to repeat. That's your job. You're supposed to meditate on. You're supposed to tell yourself over and over again what he said. He's Savior. He's not babysitter. Got me? Somebody hold your hand because you're going through. He already got your hand. He's ahead of you. Just follow him. He done been through already. said, sir, come with me. <laughs> in other words, put your best sandals on, get a hump in your back. Jesus said, oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> i got a crowd here to take care of. All you need is to believe me. Huh? And I'm going to give you something to believe. Jesus moves this man's faith from tomorrow to right now. See, that's how he does us. All you got to do is move your faith from what am I waiting on to I got it already now. Excuse me, God, for going on and on and on like that. Of course, I'm going to be back next week doing the same thing. So, you know, keep the towel out and the handkerchiefs ready until I recover. You understand what I'm We all in recovery, folks. Huh? Jesus said, go your way. In other words, go home. Your son's alive now. 
Ooh. Ooh, this is a different twist on things. But I like it. Huh? It's a different twist. How many of you have, God has told you what he's going to do for you and you like it? You're supposed to hold on to that. See, the devil comes by and slaps you around. He waiting around the corner, you know, just to take your lunch money. I mean, whatever he can slap you around to take from you, he's going to take it. So he's waiting around the corner, slap you around, tell you ain't getting that. Who you think you are? You ain't in faith. You in faith? Mm-mm. No, no. You know, to be in faith, you going to have to do. And then he lists you all his religious rules and regulations for how to get something from God. And God tells this guy, all you got to do is believe what I tell you. So he moves his faith from someday, tomorrow, maybe, to right now. That's what he wants to do with all of us. If you believe in God for anything, you have it now already. He's not going to go out and do nothing different than he's already done for us to give us everything. So you have it now. You know how we use they, the people that said claim your miracle, they used to get talked about because they didn't think you could claim stuff. Well, what are you doing when you open your mouth for something? You're claiming, you're claiming all kind of stuff with your mouth. Amen? So all you got to do is declare it. That's mine. Thank you, Lord. You said that's mine. That's mine. You died to give me everything. That's mine. I thank you for it. Amen? Start thanking him for it. That's how you claim things with your faith. With your mouth. You start out with your confession. And you allow, allow your confession to work. You meditate on what you just said. Ooh, that's mine. I have that. That's good. That's better than, than lunch. Well, I won't go that far, but. <laughs> but you can feast on that for a long time. Amen. You can the fact that God has told you he's given it to you already he told man go go your way your boy's alive huh and we know the man believed him why because he went faith without works is dead to stand there and shout and dance and act crazy that boy will die Pastor Bart, we supposed it. That's what that's what we trying to break you from your supposed tos. Your little religious supposed tos. You supposed to praise God when it hey, you praise him on the way, but you better get to stepping and that boy gonna die. <laughs> he be Edwin Starr. Is that who that was? I'm, I'm dating myself. I got 25 miles from home. I need that. He got a hump in his back. Amen. You sing your song all the way home. Amen. My boy is alive. We're going to have his next birthday party. Let's get the glad rags out. Let's start to celebrate. You sing a new song. You sang one on the way there. I hope I can get there. If I don't get there, my boy going to die. Now you sing a new song on the way home. Amen.
you can jump around all you want to, but you better make a step toward every time you've, every time you've jumped down on that ground, take another step closer to home. Amen. And it said the man believed the word. How do we know he believed? Because he left. He didn't stay there and beg Jesus anymore. That's for us who don't believe he's going to do something. He already told us he did for us already. Amen. You don't hang around and continue to beg. And wonder why you don't have it yet. You should have it. You should be saying you have it. If you believed, you received it when you prayed. That does not change by circumstances, by what comes in between. It's like people who are healed. You're still healed. I don't care what your lab work says, what your blood work says, what your x-rays say. You're still healed. Amen. You were healed. So you were healed long before you had x-rays, long before you had symptoms, long before you went to the doctor. The doctor met you healed. You got me? Dodie Osteen went to the doctor, got bad news, and never went back. She's been healed, what, 40 years now? She knew what to do. Keep it moving. (laughs) Amen. You don't have to have them tell you you're healed. You know it already. Well, I was just, no, 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 don't give me that. Don't give me you was just going. You don't just do nothing. Nobody does. Unless you're crazy. If you're just doing stuff, just give me $50. No reason. Just You just just do stuff? Come on now. You don't just do nothing. You do everything for a reason. Do it with a purpose. Now, what you need to get out of that doctor? Huh? You need to think about that. I'm not accusing. Hey, do I accuse people anything in here? We all, it's no judgment zone. This better than Planet Fitness. Huh? <laughs> it's true. Amen. So we don't we don't judge you. You judge yourself. The Bible says, find out why you're asking. Find out why you're doing things. Find out why. God, is this adding to my faith or is this taken away? It's going to do one or the other. Amen. And so Dodie figured out, hey, I know I'm healed. They told me it. I made it past the date when they said I would die. So I must be healed. You got me? She didn't need them to tell her that. You know, people, they, now this is where the Pharisees show up. When you have faith and confidence that you have it and you got evidence in your body that you're well, then they want to question you. There is no question anymore. I got what I wanted from God. I'm good. Amen. Question you about something you got already. You know you got it. But they did, didn't they do that to that, that boy that was born blind? Found him back in the synagogue, pinned him down with, with a hundred questions. What is man that didn't? And they were looking for him to go blind any minute, cause that's what unbelief will do to you. 
They see, rather see you blind than a member to see you. Well, I'm not going to go there. You get enough courage to step out and go to a healing meeting. You get back to that dead church, man, and you will be dead or you need to just keep moving. You know? But a lot of people innocently think everybody ain't, everybody ain't going to be glad for your miracle, especially if it takes the power of God and they don't have any. Are you kidding me? That's like a foreign substance in a dead church. Listen, they didn't move transvestites into the pulpit now. Talk about dead. They they passed dead. So if you get something from God, don't go back there. You'll have a, a, a non-binary he, she, they, or something for a pastor. Talk about losing your healer. You lose your mind up in a place like that. So just keep going, folks. Just keep going. Ask God to lead you this time instead of you leading yourself all the time. Amen? So he tells this guy, he said, go home, your son's alive. Amen? And the man believed, and he went. He didn't keep trying to follow Jesus. Can I ask you another question? Can I ask? And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son's alive. And the man inquired of them the hour when he began to get better. When he began to get better. Not when he got up and walked off. He wants to know if his faith did it. That's what you want. You want to know there's no better feeling than to know your faith accomplished something. You understand me? This this is what we're curious about. This is what he said, because Jesus told me if I didn't see something, I didn't have the right kind of faith. And then he told me, and I believed him, and I came. And what time was that? And they told him the exact time, and the man knew right then that blessed him as much as having a live son. My faith did that. My faith did that. God wants all of us to live in that place of knowing our faith did it. Because he, before he talked to Jesus, he didn't know anything about faith. He didn't know his faith could do anything. In one conversation, God can change your whole outlook on your spiritual life. He can change where you reside as well uh, as far as the realm of the spirit is concerned. That's all he's wanting to do with us is have that one conversation where he can convert us and change us from unbelieving, having to see something, being, being nervous about what's going on in the natural, responded to everything that the doctors tell us. They can only tell us what they see. They can't tell you what's going on in the inside of your spirit. That's where you need to reside is on the, you need to check in on the inside. Amen. On the inside of you, did you meditate on the word today? Yes, I did. Well, you're growing. Your healing's growing. You're getting stronger. You're getting there. Did you, did you exercise your faith by thanking God that you're healed today? Did you read some more word today? Did you meditate? Well, praise God, you're getting better. But the doctors, they don't know what's going on. They don't know what's real. They don't know where you really live. They don't know who's really taking care of you. 
and they'll never know? Now they can confirm some things if that's what you need, but you need to just keep putting the word in. At some point, you're going to know that you know that you know that you know that you know. Symptoms will be begin to drop off rapidly. It don't take long. When people begin to amend, it progresses very quickly. Look at the little girl that was dead. Jesus told her, and you know, they was all sitting there. Everybody brought the, the you know, in one choice that translation, it said the people that brought casseroles. When it talked about the mourners. She ain't dead yet, and they ready for repast. Do you understand what I'm saying? When people are 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 defeated, they move on to the next thing. So though, so here he raises a little girl from the dead, and instead of saying, "Well, just you know, let her convalesce for a few days," said, "No, bring her some of them chicken wings." That's sister Sister Smith's chicken wings, brother. That raise a dead person. She put all that Cajun on there and all that sauce up on there. Bring her some of them wings. She good. Amen. You don't convalesce. Your, your healing will progress rapidly. Did you know that? It can be slow or be fast. You need to get fast in your mind. Amen. You need to get fast in your heart because it is according to your faith. Amen. So, so let God progress. Let Him bring you into what He has for you. And let Him begin to allow you to get your, your faith in gear and get things, uh, in a place where you can receive every, whenever you ask for God something, for something, you're overdue for it. Most of us in our minds. You know, we like, man, I, I need this tomorrow. You understand what I'm saying? So start believing them tomorrow. Why are you going to put yours on the back burner? Bring it up to that, that, that position you scared of frying something on. You do the one you turn, you want, you want your chicken fast, but if you turn your back on, it's going to be burnt up. Put your prayers on that burner. Amen. And let him bring it into you post haste. Amen. All right. Praise God. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for the good things that you bring into our life with our faith. We're going to unshackle our faith from the unbelief and the doubt, the halting, all the things that hinder faith. We're going to loose our faith from that by doing acts of faith. Everything that we do, we thank you. And we, Father, we thank you. We're sowing our seed toward our miracle. Receive this, what I'm doing right now, as seed toward my miracle, Father. I thank you. Bless my hands whenever I do something, that, that it is a seed toward my miracle. You said everything I set my hand to prosper. Bring it forth, Father. Bring me my miracle right now. Without, without strain, without haste, without waiting, without fault. Let's have it now, Lord. And we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Why don't we um, come on up and I'll pray for people if they need prayer.